and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, Catherine Getty. It's easy to believe the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news. From business to health to politics and everything in between, it's my hope that you leave with a boost and find your good news. Today, we are joined by my friend, Irene Fan, and her day-to-day. She's the VP of Finance and Operations for the MBS Group. And she was born and raised in Toronto and moved to LA about eight years ago. And prior to her time at MBS, she worked at Ernst & Young, which she credits for shaping a lot of her career and giving her a really strong foundation. Our conversation covers a lot of great ground. And with that, let's hear Irene's good news. I am so excited to have our next guest on. I met Irene last year during a time where I was feeling stuck and I was setting some goals, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we got put together to be accountability buddies, and I am so excited to have her on today. So Irene, welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me to do this. Oh my gosh, I feel like we you were one of the first people I said it out loud to. So you were on the list of someone I had to have on, and I'm so excited. So I start every podcast with the same question. Irene, what is your good news? Uh, well, my good news for today is that I got to sleep in, which what? I haven't done in a very long time. I've been working literally for 13 days straight. So today's the first day I really got to sleep in, woke up with no alarm clock, woke up naturally, and it feels so good. That is like such an underrated good news that I feel like sometimes we take for granted. It's like just like waking up when we wake up. It's like beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I feel so well rested. I'm ready for tomorrow, ready for the day. But yes, that's my good news. Well, that's that's amazing good news. I can't wait to do that very, very soon. So I started off saying that we had met last year when we were doing Victoria Brown's shout out to her, her very best self project last year. And we talked in that program about goal setting. So I'd love to delve in a little bit on what did you learn through goal setting? What have you done differently? How have you taken it to apply to like what you're doing now? Yeah, of course. The one thing that I've learned during the goal setting process was that we need to uh, basically F the how. (laughs) Don't want to swear on your podcast, but you know what I mean. Uh, Basically, don't worry about how you're going to get there or accomplish your goal. Um, If it's very important to you and it's something you want to accomplish, you will figure it out. And that's what I've come to realize. And really, that is now like engraved in my brain. And another thing that I've kind of learned was that basically your goals will evolve throughout the whole entire process, right? Like something that you've set at the beginning of your goal setting process is probably will change because it may not serve you in the next couple of months, right? Like you need to always have to reassess, change your path. And that's the reason why like F the how, because if you're going to follow that specific process all the way to the end, maybe when you get to the end, that goal doesn't serve you anymore. So why, why are you? Did you even accomplish that goal because it doesn't serve you? So F the how, always reassess, evolve. But that's the one thing that I've kind of really got out of the whole goal setting process. And I, it's been very, it's been working well for me. And I'm sure for you as well, right? 
No, I, I totally resonate with Asa how I, we have bracelets that say that very phrase and I wear it and I remind myself that like, I think growing up, I knew the next step. I always knew like, okay, I'm in school. Like I do this, I do this. And then you get into the real world and you're like, okay, well, there's like nothing, there's no one telling you what you need to do or what to achieve. And so I think the F the how making sure you're reassessing is so important. Like at the end of the process, I was like, there's some goals like I didn't get to and it didn't really yeah. serve me in the end, you know, like pushing myself just to check a box. I feel like nowadays I don't do that anymore. I'm like, okay, if this isn't serving me, I don't want to do it. Have you ever felt like in the past, like you've checked boxes and what has that like kind of taught you along the way? Yeah. You know, like that, that's something that I've learned through the very best, best self program, right? Because I realized that growing up, you had so many like boxes to check, finish elementary school, (laughs) graduate high school, get these certain grades and you'll get into university, right? Like, you know, get a 4.0 GPA and you'll land a job here. Check, 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 check. And honestly, after I probably got my designation as a, you know, a CPA and CA, I was kind of a little bit lost because I was like, okay, what, well, what's, what's the next box to check? I I don't know because I I just, I was kind of clueless because I checked all the boxes now and nobody was telling me what, what's my next box to check. Yeah, exactly. And for type A personalities like us, it's like, okay, well now I have to make the the check boxes that I want to make. Yeah. Yeah. But I spent literally 25 years checking boxes because this, I knew that in order for me to become a CPA, like these are the things I had to do. But like after I became a CPA and I was basically, you know, in the office one day, I was trying to figure out, okay, what's next? What's next? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will get stuck in the like, okay, well, I'm just going to like use my job as a way to really check those boxes and feel like, okay, well, I'm doing corporate America or I'm in this job and I'm, I'm checking those boxes. But I think what we, you know, what I learned last year was you really got to fill your own cup doing the things that matter to you. Mm-hmm. And really reassessing and figuring out, like, as you grow up, like, what is it that's important to you? What are you passionate about as you're kind of going down that? And you'll figure out the goals along the way and take yeah. the time with yourself. I feel like in the last year, we've all had to take some time with ourselves. Have you found, you know, during quarantine that you've kind of changed the way you've thought about goal setting or, you know, your life and looking ahead? During quarantine, I think what I really realized that I really wanted to make sure that everything I was doing within my job was meaningful, right? You know, giving back to the community, um, really using my platform to do good things, big or small, whatever the case may be. Like I wanted to make sure that like my work was meaningful to myself and to other people. Yeah, no. And I feel like that's a perfect segue into something that I know you had talked about during <laughs> the very best self project, but this illumination training program can you tell everyone a little bit more about that, how it started, that kind of that seed that you planted? Yeah. So it started last year, right? During the whole pandemic, actually. But it kind of stemmed from like years and years ago. Basically, I wanted to become an actress growing up. And I was told by my parents, I uh, love them, but I was also told by my parents <laughs> that I can't, I can't be, there's no such thing as an Asian actress in Hollywood, right? And it kind of sometimes still sit with, sits with me a little bit in a sense yeah. that like, wow, like, you know, I was stopped by my own parents to not pursue a career that I really wanted to. And 
I'm currently working at MBS. I've been there for five years. I love working for MBS. Basically, our company owns sound stages and lighting grip equipment. It's a very male-dominated industry, the like the lighting grip equipment side of things. And I was very lucky and I, I've been starting to work a lot in operations for the past five years, working in the warehouse, help, learning about the equipment, the gear. And then during what, like during that specific process, I kind of realized like, I was like, wow, there's not a lot of females within this industry as well. And I, you know, start thinking back to my times when my parents would say to me, no, you can't pursue acting, you can't pursue yeah. acting. And then I was like, okay, what is like, and a female actually wanted to pursue lighting and grip or like, you know, become, yeah, it's something within this industry, but yeah. they have people telling them, no, you can't do it because there's no such thing as like a female grip or a female electrician or whatever. And I mean, I'm sure it does happen because yeah. the set lighting grip industry is very male dominated, but I've always had such a positive experience when it comes to being in the operation size of things. But that's also because MBS is such a great company. I've had such great mentors, such great instructors, teachers teaching me about the gear that I really wanted to use that specific platform to provide other females with that specific knowledge, right? And also the opportunity, if they really want to get into that industry, they're not stopped by statements like, oh, no such thing. So last year, I went to my executive team at MBS and basically pitched the idea of, hey, like, I really want to start this program. Is this something that like, you know, we... You, we we, sh- we would be interested in and basically they were like yeah go for it you should definitely do it there's a need for this and honestly I've been working on it for the past year talked about it a lot as you know basically two off the years of my friends about this specific program and we launched at the end of June which and is it's been so exciting. it's been great yeah I wish everyone could see how big Irene's smile is right now. It fills me like so happy to see her achieve something. And it's, you know, you were creating that path and you were saying yes to somebody who was like, probably in the like, how do I do this? You were creating that path for them with this training program. And that must be so exciting, but also like so overwhelming. You're like, how do I even start a program? Did you feel like you got buy-in? It sounds like pretty immediately from MBS. How did you get buy-in from other stakeholders to kind of get in on this vision you had? Honestly, the more pe- people understand that there's actually a need for this, right? People do understand. So when I was pitching the ideas to various organizations, people loved the idea. So they just needed somebody to go to them and tell them, hey, we can offer this to you. Is this something you want to partner up with us? So yeah. basically, we, we partnered up with Women in Media, a great organization. Basically, they're they they have the same goals as I do, right? Basically in- introducing more females into the industry, bringing them up within like, the film industry. And it was a need and everybody understood that. And we, it took a long time because basically we need to make sure that we have the proper like syllabus for each class, um, you know, finding the instructors, putting together the, the funding and the budgeting for it. And, but the more we all understood there was a need for it. So it was just the logistics behind it, especially even during COVID, right? The COVID yeah. thing was a big thing for us, right? A lot of this is based on hands-on experience, right? Like you can't learn lighting and grip and set construction, all that stuff through a Zoom class. Yeah, you have to like actually like lift it and yeah, as you can see through like my Instagram, see, yeah. all the photos <laughs> I, I I post about the program, like this requires hands-on experience, right? Like we can show you a light 
on Zoom, but like you're gonna be like, oh, that's cool. Yes. But what does it do? <laughs> right? Like, how do I? You want to? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it requires a lot of hands-on experience. So during COVID, a lot of the organizations were very interested, but it's kind of like, okay, well, we can't, you know, offer this to our members yet because of COVID, and we need people to be in a classroom setting. Um, but I think that was a hard, the hardest part for me, honestly, was getting over COVID. But yeah, we launched in June, right at the same time where the state of California basically opened up, you know, the the restrictions a little bit, yeah. and it was great. And it was honestly, I think, the first in class session that women women in media had for their members, and also I think for us as well. That's so exciting. And it sounds like you utilize like your strengths of operation to really get this off the ground. Were there things that you kind of like along the way, you're like, this is surprising. I didn't expect this to happen or anything that you want to share. I think for me, I'm not sure. Actually, that's a really tough question. (laughs) No, I feel like I think that, and it's, I guess the kind of what was my thought behind it was it's like, there's all these things you probably expected to happen. And then like, was there something along the way you're like, Oh, I didn't see that coming, but that was cool. Or I didn't see that coming. And next time we do this program, I'll be prepared for this. Um, I mean, COVID I, probably is number yeah, one. The COVID <laughs> is the number global one. Pandemic, you know, <laughs> that we all have to like really everyone be prepared get vaccinated. One thing that really stood out for me, and I think that I've came to really realize is that I couldn't have done this without a team, right? Like, even though this is something that like, is is essentially mine, like, you know, I went to my executive team, this is what I wanted to do. I wouldn't have accomplished all of this without everybody that lended their hand or whatever. Because like I said, like, my background is finance and accounting, right? Like, and I dipped into operations and but however, I didn't grow up in the lighting grip industry, yeah. right? So like I needed people to help me, you know, take this vision of mine and put it out there and make it happen. And that's because I, and when I went to the operations team and I went to various other people and I told them, this is why I wanted to accomplish. There were, yes, let's do this. Let's do this together. Um, we will make this happen for you. And I realized that like, I can't, I couldn't have done this myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard for us sometimes to be like, when we think about the F the how, like all of us are like, how do I do it alone? But it's, it sounds like you pretty instinctually knew, okay, I need to get more people into this vision to get it off the ground. And it's created something special. So how many, so you've done, I know you talked about working 13 days straight. Did you, you had a class last weekend. So how many classes have you had? Like what has been the response so far from the participants? So we had two classes um, thus far. We had the grip class and we had the electric class. So we had the grip class at the end of June, the last weekend of June. And then we had the electric class two weeks, well, last weekend, yes. And it's been so amazing. Like all the students that come and take part in the training love being there. They get so much hands-on experience. When they leave, they're so appreciative, so thankful that MBS and women, women in media is doing this for their members. And the thing is, like, they get access to being in a soundstage, right? Yeah. And that's the best part because you don't want to be in a classroom setting and you don't really yeah. get the vibe of a soundstage and how the things are being rigged and whatnot. So it's been really good. And a lot of this, a, a big part of this industry is basically who you know and who brought you into this industry, right? And Part of the training program that we, part of, part of the training 
is that we want to make sure that they get access to people within the industry so that they can grow their network. So at the end of each weekend, we do close it off with a Q&A session with various people from the industry and a networking session, right? And through that you know, training program, the Q&A mm-hmm. session, some of the students have actually landed jobs on specific sets with instructors or they've been introduced to other people within their networks that could potentially help them bring them onto more jobs. And that's, that's honestly so cool. like the best part of it all because it shows that like, you know, by, sh- by going into a, a training session that provides hands-on experience and also the networking portion of it can yeah. actually help female get positions and jobs and opportunities. It's like seeing those light bulb moments and having that. And you talked about such a male dominated field, like that has to be something that's like pretty, pretty inspiring. Yeah. I love that. And I, I'm always checking up on the students that, you know, come through their training program, always asking, Hey, how are you doing? And kind of like following up on them, be like, Hey, have you, you know, made sure you contacted this person yet? Kind of thing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's on them to really, you know, push it through the finish line. I'm just giving them the tools that they need to be successful. But yes, I will check in on them like here and there because I want to make sure that they, they actually follow through on what they do. But it's like, you know, 95% on them to really push it through the finish line. And, and a lot of them have been doing that. And I'm very proud of all the students that come through the training classes. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what they have, you know, in store for them in yeah. the next couple of months or even like years. So will you, so will this program, like it'll end soon and are you already planning for the next one? Like, what does it look like next term? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first the, the next class that we have, which is going to be at television city, it's going to be about set construction and that will be the last class for the illumination, illumination training program for this specific year. Mm-hmm. However, this program actually feeds into another program being offered by women in media called Kimonary. And basically two of the three short films that are being filmed through and produced through the Kimonary program will be filmed at Telgen City. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. Telgen City has generously donated two sound stages to this specific program and as well MBS equipment company, like the company I work for, we, we are also donating and providing all the lending group equipment to these two short films. So even though the training program has ended, this program actually feeds into another program yeah. yeah, offered by women in media. The set construction class offered next week, some of the things that we'd be making during the set construction class will actually be used in the short. Oh and then some goodness. of this, yeah. <laughs> and some of the students that were part of the lighting, um, part of the grip and electric mm-hmm. class will be working on the shorts as well. So even though the training program ended, this other program provides them the opportunity and the ability to really to apply the yeah. things that they've learned into real life situations. And I think that's the best part of it. Of like, even though the training program ended, but like it kind of lives on yeah. until the end of the commodity program, so- which is still like probably at the end of September. And I'll like, we'll still be part of it. MBS will be part of it. We'll be, you know, partaking in the filming of the shorts at Telgen City. But yeah. That is so exciting. Will <laughs> these be short films that like people can see like on their TVs on, you know, wherever it may be. So we can, I'll follow up and I'll post about it when it's time. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. There will be a big reception premiere event at Raleigh Studios in November. And 
Um, that's when I'll, like the first screenings of the shows or the films will be held or will be shown. Yeah. And some of them actually, like from what I've from what I've heard, some of them actually end up, you know, being shown at various film festivals. I I think there were a couple that were featured on, at Tribeca this past, you know, a couple months ago. So there, I mean, there's opportunities for you, I think, for everybody really to see oh these goodness. films eventually. Yeah, that's so exciting. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep in touch. This is. This episode will probably go in August, but whenever this happens, I'm going to post about it and be like, how cool is this that Irene had a hand in this? Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, it's been tiring, not going to lie, but like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like good tired. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, like every time I leave the studio, I feel very empowered, yes. very excited, very fulfilled, seeing smiles on everybody's faces. Yeah. And that energy is infectious. Like I'm smiling from ear to ear because I'm so excited for you. And this must be making work so enriching, like feeling like you're creating something that's like living on and really having yeah. fun in that. Like, has that changed kind of how you interact on a daily basis at work or anything like that? I think so. I think it's made me more, more like I'm happy every time I go into work, but like, yeah. I feel like even more happier if, if, if that's a thing <laughs> to be, you know, going into it because I love what I'm doing. I love the message that we're putting out there. I love this program and this program will live on like throughout the years, right? Like we know that there's a need for training, right. Yeah. For, for any, any market, not just women, like any, any background there's, we need training to bring more people up into the, in the industry. So there's been talks about more specialized training that we can offer to to the market to the community um you know like this specific training is very basic right it gives basic knowledge on the various yeah. topics that we're covering however there's a need for more specialized training for things that need more technical skills for example dolly grip is one of them and okay. we talked about eventually you know offering something like that to some of the members at women in media or, you know, anybody that's interested in learning what that specific. Well, that's amazing that you're working on that more specialized training, because I think it's, you're kind of taking an idea and letting it even grow even further. And it sounds like, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about mentors and that this program is like creating a really good pipeline for mentors for these students. But what have you learned about mentors in your own life of like your career growing up or what would you say for people who are looking for mentors? I would say it is very important to have more than one mentor because mentors have different backgrounds as well. And they have different knowledge. They specialize in different things. I have probably three mentors at work that I can think of. One yeah. is more specialized in operations. That's where, that's who I go to when it comes to learning about like, you know, equipment and gear and whatnot. There's one obviously one that it's more they have a financial background right yeah. so like I go to that specific person for like various things that relate to my actual job at MBS which is like finance and accounting yeah another one that I have at work is more so the bridge between finance and operations one that I really oh, go wow. to with my goals of what I want to accomplish in life right like basically fitting both of them together so I, I it really depends on what I'm trying to accomplish and achieve and what yeah. my issues are at not issues at work, but like issues in general or challenges that I'm facing, right? Personally and professionally. And I go to those specific individuals depending on what my challenges are. Yeah. And I think it's the hardest part is like just having the courage to ask someone be like, Hey, can I like pick your brain or can we go grab coffee? And 
it's like you don't have to have like a formal program. Like there are there's obviously an importance of like for ITP elimination training program. I was going for the acronym because I've been following Irene's social media. <laughs> but there's also like just like creating like a like an informal like going to someone and kind of having that relationship. Like, did you ever find it to be scary to ask someone? Did you any tips you could share with people who maybe are looking for mentors? I don't think I was ever scared to ever go to my mentors or even ask for them to be my mentor. Yeah. I think because of my background in finance and throughout university, you had to build your network um, okay. to get into like, you know, the big four accounting firms or like, you know, to get into that specific bank or whatever. Like you had to basically go to all these networking events, right? You had to basically go to these people and be like, hey, can you help me write my recommendation letter or whatever? You, I think because of that part of my career, I've never been afraid to ask somebody to become my mentor but that's because I had that kind of instilled kind of in me. Yeah. 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 I yeah. But like, I do understand. Yeah. I do understand how some people can be afraid to ask, but like, I want to like, you know, people get to where they are within their career because they've had people support them. Right. So I would say, don't be afraid if you really want to come up to X, Y, Z or Z yeah. or whomever person to be and ask them to be your mentor because they didn't get to where they are by doing it themselves. They had mentors as well. So I would yeah. assume that they would want to be like, hey, I will help you. I, exactly. And this is the tr this is part of why the training program exists as well, right? Like all these instructors that come into the illumination training program and are willing to, you know, partake in this weekend, these weekend classes is because yeah. they realize themselves that like, you know, especially these female instructors, they got to where they are today because there were people pushing them up the ladder. Yeah. yeah. 100%. And they're taking their time to make sure that the others that are currently coming up the ladder are su being supported. So yes, it could be daunting. It could be like, you know, you get you can get nervous asking somebody to be your mentor. But trust me, if you ask, the answer is probably yes, unless they're <laughs> yeah. a big A A H, like, <laughs> and very selfish. And that's the thing is that like, just finding those people that you're like, I would like to come back and like learn from them. It's like growing that relationship. It's like all these people in your life, they, they probably have nuggets that they can teach you. It's, we just get so busy and forget to ask questions of like, Hey, like, how did you handle this? Or I'm in this situation. Like I'm thinking about doing this, any pitfalls I'm missing, like. I think so often we just kind of like get in our own little rut. And now I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, I have a professional mentor, but now I'm like, maybe I need another type of mentor. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I had many mentors, like many, many mentors. I, I had one when I was at the big four accounting firm and I still like keep in touch with her. Obviously my path kind of had changed a little bit, but I yeah. still keep in touch with her. Yeah. I have so many mentors and it serves a different aspect of my life. Right. 100%. So. That is so awesome. And I think it's such a good reminder as we're kind of like in this middle of the year and like everything's reopening is like taking the time to like go grab coffee with someone or if you still need to be virtual because it's needs to be virtual because your state is in some sort of situation, like be virtual and like just like reach out to that person. Irene, we have covered, it feels like so much in the last 30 minutes from goal setting, re-evolving, re-evaluating, not evolving. I don't know if that's like even a word, um, evaluating your goals along the way, effing the how to creating programs that help others along that path that sometimes seems really scary to the importance of having those mentors in your corner to help support you. Is there anything else 
you want to share with us before we leave today? Yeah, I think for me is also very important to let everybody know that like, there's no timeline or time frame to accomplish all of these goals. You know, like when I put down on my goals that I wanted to accomplish this type of training program, for me, it's like, it, I did get a little nervous at first or, or anxious at first where I'm kind of like, well, how come like nobody's saying yes yet, yes to this program? How yeah. come all these organizations that I pitched to haven't said yes yet? It's kind of yeah. like, this program is amazing. This program is great. Like I don't understand. And I got kind of anxious, yeah. but it takes time, right? It takes time. Imagine if the program launched like a couple months ago or like even a year ago versus like now, like yeah. what difference timing. would it have in, yes, timing, right? Like don't stress out on timing and when you want to accomplish these goals. Like you will accomplish them when it is right to accomplish these goals. And I think I just want to end it off with that. I love that. If it's meant, you know, if it's your goal, it's meant to be, it'll come find you is what yes. I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> where can people find you on social media so that they can follow along on, on your illumination training program and all the cool things that you are doing beyond that? You can find me under Fan Irene, P H A N I R E N E. Um, yeah, or I'm sure Catherine, you'll tag me when the podcast comes out. Yes, I am so excited, Irene. Thank you so much again for your time, for your wisdom. I have I've been so excited. Like I said from the beginning, you were on my list because I think you were one of the first people I told. So thank you for coming on today and sharing everything with us. Wow, I am constantly blown away by Irene, and today was no different. Her dedication to creating a community and giving others a chance to learn and grow in the industry of film is pretty inspiring. To do it during a global pandemic is also really, really inspiring because she just took what she knew. She took the friends and the network she created and made some really great things happen. I I am so happy she joined us. And if you enjoyed, please subscribe, share with your friends and family, like, review, and tune in next week to another episode of the Your Good News podcast. <laughs>